Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Friday to you. It's Friday. It's April the 3rd. I have my man, Mr. Mark Narducci over here. Well, actually, we're on the phone. You know, we're, we're practicing social distancing. <laughs> but what's up, Mark? How you been, buddy? Hey, Keith. I haven't literally seen you in a while. We've talked a bunch on the phone. Uh, read your story, and I was glad, you know, glad everything turned out negative. That was quite a quite an interesting story that you wrote about your whole ordeal and, and everything like that. But I'm just glad things are going well for you. Hey, man, you're not the only one. <laughs> but nah, yeah, I, I feel great. Thank you, thank you. But look, Mark, what we want to talk to you about is, and, and you know, we're going to you know talk a lot about this series that you're doing and you know you pitched right now there's some downtime in the nba the last time they had a game was on uh was it march the 11th and uh you came up with an idea on where you would have your golden 12 talking about the 12 best playoff games in 76 is it 76ers history or or 12 yeah, games you've been to it's a yeah, 12 most memorable, Keith, which means there, there are actually a couple losses that are in there, too. Mm-hmm. But ones, ones that you would remember as a fan. And, and let's be honest, there are going to be fans that are going to say, well, you missed this one or you missed that one. But that's the fun of it all. You know, you have to pick 12, and I pick 12. Yeah, it's the fun of it all. And, and your, your first game, so what, what he's going to do, uh, y'all, is what Mark is, he's going to, like, start with the 12th most memorable and go down and um you know i was doing a, the first one is going to run in monday's um philly inquire and on monday's uh com. and right now we're giving you a little sneak preview a little bit of it so you you know make sure that after you listen to this pick up you know the inquire uh go to inquire.com and read it and to be honest with you this is a game that i kind of forgot about mark a little bit um, but when you look at it, you're like, your jaw drops because you talk about how, what a great player Allen Iverson was in the postseason. And this game in particular, you know, Allen Iverson ended up with 55 points in a playoff game. And can you just tell us about this game? Who, who it was against, you know, what year it was yeah. and, and just go on. Sure, Keith. Uh, one one thing, I believe this first one's going to run in print on the on Tuesday. It's going to run online Monday. It was uh, it was uh, against the um, what was then known as the the New Orleans Hornets, mm-hmm. um, who were, by the way, in the Eastern Conference, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was the first, not only the first round, it was the first pl- playoff game. It was April twentieth, two thousand and three. And uh, Allen Iverson scored a career playoff high of 55 points. And to put that into perspective, that is also the Sixers record. And, of course, that's a Sixers team that had Wilt Chamberlain, who was on a championship team, and had a bunch of Hall of Famers on on, on that team in 67. And Allen was able to uh, get 55, and they really needed just about all of it because they they barely beat – what was known as the New Orleans Hornets at the time, 98 to 90. And he was on fire and few other Sixers were that night. That's crazy. So they won, they scored 98 points and he had 55 of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, and, and, and to, to, to add to that, um, not 
only not only did he have the 55 points, Keith, but he had 16 assists also. So he was responsible for 71 of the points, uh, 71 of the 98 points. And uh, it was just a night that, you know, he was he was really on. He was 21 for 32, and uh, uh, he was just feeling it, and they just kept feeding him. You know, I, I remember, I don't remember that game particularly. At that particular time in my life, I was living in Myrtle Beach, and um, but, you know, I used to commute to Charlotte every weekend. I mean, every weekend I would go to Charlotte. And I, because I used to go to Charlotte Hornets games, and then all of a sudden they moved and they became the New Orleans Hornets. So you know, I remember like Baron Davis and all those guys, and it was it was sure. a, a, a pretty good team. I mean, people were uh, upset, you know, when they you know moved to New Orleans, and but that's why they were still in the Eastern Conference at that time, because you know it was kind of I'm not going to say an expansion team; it was a team that relocated. So. You know, that's why they were, you know, the Hornets. And then uh, it just, I'm, I'm just giving a little history for some people like that. Why were they, why were the Hornets down there? Yeah, well, that's I, good stuff. And then yeah. next thing you know, they became like the, since, since Charlotte lost the Hornets, then they had the Bobcats. And then once the Hornets became the Pelicans, changed the name to the Pelicans, Charlotte was able to get the name Hornets back again from the Bobcats. So that's why... New Orleans was an Eastern Conference team because it was the old Charlotte Hornets at that particular time. But, you know, the one thing that struck me about this was, you know, this game was just like, just how, like you said, exciting it was. And, 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 and what, outside of Allen Iverson, what really stood out to you in this game? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, not not a whole lot else, except <laughs> for the fact that I, that I do remember that um, Jamal, Jamal Mashburn, who was, you know, a great player, and he, he was an all-star at that time, he really struggled. Uh, I believe he was 8 for 21 from the field, and, and he struggled. And, and Baron Davis struggled as well. Uh, Davis had six assists, but he also had six turnovers. And those two were really the guys that drove the engine of that team. And, and if they weren't at their best, uh, it was going to be tough for them to win. But uh, that, Keith, that was a good team because they were a number five seed and the Sixers were a four seed. Mm-hmm. And it was a kind of series that, you know, it really lived up to its billing. It was a close one. The Sixers would finally win it in six. Actually, they won the, the last game in New Orleans, which which um, I attended that one, too. And I'll never forget that game because Keith Van Horn had 18 points and 18 rebounds in that clinching game. So, uh it was it was a great back and forth series uh, like that, but that certainly got off to a good start with that game one win. Mm-hmm. Now here, here's the one thing about that the, the game for one win, and the, the thing that really stands out to me is when I read your story is Allen Iverson's um, playoff scoring average. I mean, there yep. are guys like you know you don't think I mean you you think of AI as being like a great player. I mean, you think of A.I. like being on a team where a lot of the offense had to run through him, right? But you don't, when you when you say to me, and I say that, okay, Allen Iverson averaged 29.7 points in 71 games, playoff games, 62 with the Sixers, right? Iverson has the highest postseason scoring, has a higher postseason scoring average than Jerry West, Kevin Durant, LeBron James and Elgin Baylor. 
Michael Jordan with 33.45 postseason scoring average is the only person to top him. I mean, that puts a lot of stuff in perspective because we're talking about LeBron, KD, Elgin, and Jerry West. No, 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 no question about it. And all those guys, Keith, won championships. So the knock on Iverson always was, well, he, he didn't win a championship, but his postseason scoring average was about three points higher than his regular season scoring average, which which meant in the big games, you know, he really showed up. And we know in the 2001 season when they went to the finals, he had so many uh, memorable games as well. Um and and they're they're a part of this series too, uh, but but he was a guy that you know he did produce in the in the postseason, and uh, I, I think that is really one of the real uh, telling traits about about his career. Now let me ask you this: you know, like you said, you, you saw him up close and up, up um, in person. I mean, you've covered a lot of games. I mean, how long have you been with the paper for? Uh, thirty. I'm in my thirty sixth year now. So okay. yeah, I, I did cover him a lot. So my question to you is, have you ever seen anyone as electrifying as Allen Iverson was in person? No, and, and, and I'll tell you one thing, Keith. It was the whole aura about him. It was just not only as a player and how much he connected with the fans. And you see now, even when they announce him at games now, that the place goes crazy. But he was that way with the media. He was one of the best interviews when he was into it around and people hung on his every word he he was for for the younger people that maybe missed his career he, he was really bigger than life and he philadelphians loved him because he was listed at six foot we don't think he really was six foot about 155 maybe he took a beating he always drove in the lane never shied from contact and he was just a type of lunch pail worker that Philadelphians love. And, and that's why I think he's one of the most beloved athletes that, that has uh, competed in this city. Let me ask you this. One of the most beloved athletes who've ever competed in this city. So, you know, right now we both cover the Sixers. You see how the crowd is for Joel Embiid. Does that come close to comparing? Was I don't it? think so. I don't think yet. No. No, I don't. I think Iverson was a was a, a step up with, with just how, mu- how much the fans, uh, how much he electrified them. And, and as I said, if people go to a game now and they see Iverson introduced maybe in the third quarter or anything, and the ovation that he gets and the affection that the fans show, I know. And that's not to say they don't love MB because they do. But I'm telling you, Iverson, in my opinion, Keith, was on a different level. Now, did you – well, I'm, I'm pretty sure you weren't here at the paper when, when Dr. J played. Were you? No, no. Well, here's the thing. I, I covered Dr. J. Oh, um, But <laughs> not, not with the paper. With, so I, I, I had done a – I was doing a – I did a lot of Sixers games. In fact, to, to deviate a little bit – I was at that game six that Magic scored 42 and had 15 rebounds when they eliminated the Sixers in 1980. Uh, I, I was in the building then. I was not working for the paper, but I was working for somewhere else. So okay. I, I, I did see quite a bit of Dr. J. So my question is, was the electricity for AI, I mean, because Dr. J was the man. I mean, was was 
was Dr. J better or, or was it all more Allen Iverson? I mean, who had... I think, I think, I think the, the person that electrified the crowd more was Iverson, although it's pretty darn close. Uh, but you have to remember when Dr. J played, he had other people there mm-hmm. that were, you know, and especially when they won the championship in 83, when he, when they when he had Moses, but there, there were other all-stars, even, even starting in his first year when George McGinnis, um, was the big name before the Sixers, you know, eventually traded him. And then, of course, you, you, you look at um, the lineup Dr. J was in, uh, Keith, and they had Dr. J, Maurice Cheeks, um, Moses. Those guys are all in the Hall of Fame. So so is Bobby Jones, who came off the bench. Uh, so he had, uh, he had more uh, help and everything like that. But he was electrifying. There's no no doubt about it uh i just think ai was just a little bit more and got the crowd a little bit more riled up yeah and the reason why i asked both of those questions because i just wanted people to get a sense of what it was like to, to see ai play and and i remember you know there were times when i came home you know like i said i was living um in myrtle beach at the time before that i lived in georgia and before that i lived in um, um north carolina so it it was one of those things that, you know, when I came home and I would go to a Sixers game, like I was always blown away by the electricity and, and the love that the people gave Allen Iverson. And, you know, you come back now, you see it with Embiid, it's great, but it to me it wasn't on that level, especially when Allen Iverson would cuff his ear. Like he would go over to the fans <laughs> and right. cuff his ear. And everyone used to go crazy because, you know, he was the guy. And another thing is he was kind of like a one-man show, too. But, you know, I mean, he's some great players on his team, but he was the offense. Like, it was all about AI. And this game, you know, particularly, you know, it was one of those things where in the fourth quarter, you know, AI took over. Like, I know, and you documented how he hit back-to-back threes, and it kind of, like, you know what I mean? Gave the Sixers enough, like a pretty good cushion, or, or little, you know, not I shouldn't say good cushion, but the momentum. Like the momentum was like those huge threes that he hit back to back possessions gave the Sixers like the cushion that they need, not the cushion, the momentum that they needed. Uh, yeah, the, there, there was no question about that. And Keith, in that fourth quarter, he ended up scoring twenty points. I mean, it. You could argue it was one of the best quarters in his career, uh, you know, if, if, if you want to talk about that. And what, what I enjoyed about doing the series was what we did was we talked to some people who were around at that time. Like uh, I got Aaron McKee was nice enough to uh, get on the phone with me. I talked to Larry Brown. So we got the recollections, you know, many, many years, what is it, 17 years later uh, about these games. And they, they, they talked about them as well. So that, that was kind of the fun about it. But it, the fourth quarter in that game, for me, really cemented it. He was, he was 9 for 11 from the field, and he hit both of his threes, which is amazing. He didn't go to the foul line taking 11 shots from the field. But it was just one of those games where he, he was on. And, you know, you know this, Keith. He was never known as a great pure shooter. I mean, he was certainly not afraid to shoot from the outside, but his strength was taking it to the basket. But uh, this was a night where he, he really had it going in all, all facets of the game. Now, 
in your eyes, where does this game rank as one of his all time? I mean, I know 55 points. That's the most that he had, you know, in a playoff game. But where does this rank in regards, uh, it, you know, where, where does it rank in regards to, like, you know, Allen Iverson's performances to you? I think it would. I think it would be the top five. I, I think you know, game one when they beat the Lakers in overtime um, in two thousand and one, the first game of the N- NBA Finals, the, the famous game where he stepped over Tyron Lue and had forty eight points. I mean, that that was pretty electric. And that year in the Toronto series, I believe he had a couple fifty point games as well. And those were all big. And I, I also covered one of his games, Keith, in the regular season when he scored 60 against Orlando. And that was, even though it was a regular season game, that was that was pretty electrifying. I, I would say this this falls in, in the top five and it, maybe even top three just because of how well he shot mm-hmm. and because the team really needed it that night. There was very little... There was very little margin for error with the Sixers that night against, as I said, a, a good uh, New Orleans team. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I mean, I'm a little envious that I didn't get to cover that game or I wasn't working for the paper at that particular time. That was actually a year before I, I showed up on the scene. And, um, you know, but I wasn't going to cover it anyway because at that point I was, you know, I was just like trying to get my, my feet wet in South Jersey soccer and, and, and field hockey. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Look, look, look on the bright side, Keith. You're a lot younger than I am. So you're going, you're going to be covering games <laughs> for a long time. So look on the bright side there. Yeah, well, Mark, I would really like to thank you for sharing this. And what did you say? This is going to run in Tuesday's paper, right? Uh, Tuesday's, Tuesday's print edition. It's okay. scheduled. Some, sometimes these things, as you know, Keith, change. But that... That's the idea. Monday online, Monday morning online, it's it's supposed to start. And um, I believe they're going to run four a week for three weeks online, like Monday through Thursday, and count down from 12 to 1. So, um, I, you know, real excited about it, and I, I hope the, uh, hope the uh, people and the readers uh, really enjoy it. Now, let me ask you this. Will you be able to uh, come back with me on Monday and talk about the next one? Could talk about any of them, Keith. Any anytime, anytime you uh, you need me, I'll be happy to do it. All right. Well, y'all, you know, you're gonna look at this, listen to this one today, and uh, on on Monday we'll have Mark back on, and we'll talk about the uh, the eleventh uh, best game. I shouldn't say best. What should I call it, Mark? The eleventh. I call I call the memorable Keith. Most memorable I call the game. Golden dozen. The yeah. most memorable memorable games because if you just went by the Sixers best games they would be all wins but actually some of the losses in there are, are, are pretty interesting as well alright alright brother I want to thank you and I'll talk to you on Monday Hey, I want y'all to go online and make sure you read first of all go on inquire.com anyway and read all the good stuff that we have but you have to do yourself a favor if not, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't read this series. I'm telling you, is um, I'm blown away by it. Some of the stuff that I'm reading um, is is a great read. And uh, also, y'all got to follow my man on, on on Twitter. Well, give him your Twitter handle, Mark. At S J N A R D. And uh, Keith, as you know, uh, because of 
they're not playing games now. They've pulled me over to do some help on news side too. So we're we're having some fun doing doing some news side stories, working for the upside uh, section where we kind of write a lot of positive stories about people. So um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and and certainly uh, miss we we all, we both miss the NBA, but we all know the times that we're in, and we're just I I very fortunate just to be in the situation I am right now. All right, man. Well, thank you, and I want to thank you all for listening, and have a great day. Peace.